In episode 43 of Mosin at Large, they're new, they're smart, and if you're blind, they're incredibly accessible. I'll be taking a look at Samsung's 2020 range of TVs by reviewing and demonstrating the TU8500 with the voice guide feature from a blindness perspective. Mosin at Large Podcast. Today I have a lengthy review for you of the Samsung TU8500 Smart TV. Before I get on to that television, I want to recap all in one place how I got here. In episode 36 of Mosin at Large, I reviewed a Sony X8500G. And no, that is not a misspeaking on my part. Both of these TVs have 8500 in their model numbers, remarkably similar model numbers. I purchased this Sony X8500G for one reason. And that was that I was about to purchase a Sonos Arc. This is the new soundbar from Sonos, whose main feature is Dolby Atmos support. Let me explain what Dolby Atmos is and why, as a blind person, you might care about this. I'm going to quote directly from one of Dolby Atmos's setup guides, so you can appreciate it's very pro-Atmos and uh, quite marketing-speak. But it says that since its introduction in the movie theatre in 2012, Dolby Atmos has revolutionized and reinvigorated the home entertainment experience. Major Hollywood studios and studios worldwide are partnering with Dolby to create Dolby Atmos cinematic presentations, and a substantial portion of first-run feature films created today employ Dolby Atmos soundtracks. It continues, Dolby Atmos introduces the concept of object-based audio, in which sounds are represented as individual objects that can be positioned anywhere within the space, above and around the listener. In real life, sounds come from all around us, including overhead. Having the ability to recreate overhead sounds is a key element in making Dolby Atmos sound so realistic. If we see a helicopter take off on screen and then hear its blades cutting through the air above our heads, The experience makes us feel like we're really in the scene and not just a casual observer. So that's a brief description, and you can understand why a blind person might be really interested in this. We can't appreciate the glitzy high-definition, ultra-high-definition 4K, 8K stuff that's going on the screen. But if we can add that immersive reality to what we're listening to, it is pretty compelling. That's why, in the end, I decided to purchase the Sonos Arc, The reason why we needed a new TV to make the most of that is because the Sonos Arc has one HDMI port and you cable the soundbar to your TV, usually with an HDMI cable or you can use an optical cable. But if you use an optical cable, you are not going to be able to get Dolby Atmos. You're only going to get 5.1 if the stars are in alignment. There are two forms of Dolby Atmos out there. And if you're an audio person, You'll get the analogy when I make a comparison between MP3 files and WAV files. MP3 files are lossy. They have some audio compression to make the files smaller, and WAV files are not. You can get lossless Dolby Atmos, which is like a WAV file, and that takes a lot of bandwidth to send because you're sending multi-channel audio in an uncompressed form. And you can get lossy Dolby Atmos like MP3. That's the kind of Dolby Atmos that streaming services like Netflix and other services are streaming. Accessibility with smart TVs has been a little bit hit and miss. 
And that's why I was concerned to make sure that we would get Dolby Atmos coming from our Apple TV, which is how, up until now, we've been consuming a lot of content. Now, the trouble is that even when Apple TV is receiving lossy Dolby Atmos from a service like Netflix or even its own Apple TV+, Plus, it's re-encoding that signal to its pure lossless form and sending that out the TV. That takes a lot of bandwidth. And to get that high bandwidth signal to a play bar like the Sonos Arc, your TV is either going to have to do the recompression for you, in other words, it's going to get compressed a second time, and not many TVs do this, or you're going to have to have a TV with a new standard called eARC, and that stands for Enhanced Audio Return Channel. If you're the kind of person that gets Blu-ray discs and watches movies that way, then you will always get lossless Dolby Atmos there, because in that case, they're not worried about getting the signal to you via the internet, where you might have some bandwidth issues getting such a massive signal. No problem like that on a Blu-ray disc, so you will always get the lossless content there. So that's another consideration if you are watching a lot of Blu-ray discs. You'll probably need eARC as well. Having figured all this out after doing a lot of reading, I realized that our previous TV was not going to cut the mustard, and that if we wanted the Sonos Arc, and if we wanted to enjoy the full glory of Dolby Atmos, we were going to have to get a TV with an eARC port in it. Now, back in 2017, we purchased a Sony X8000D smart TV with Android on it. It's very similar to the Sony TV that I demonstrated in Mosin at Large 36. There are some new features which I highlighted in Mosin at Large 36 because things evolve over time, but fundamentally it was the same thing. And if you would like to hear a demonstration of that TV in a lot of depth, you can go back into this podcast feed all the way back to when I was doing the Blind Side podcast. Those episodes are still there. And if you go back to episode 33 of The Blind Side, recorded in 2017, you'll hear a really comprehensive review and demonstration of the Sony Bravia television running Android TV with its two screen readers talking about the pros and cons. When I looked at TVs back in 2017, Samsung TVs, which have come highly recommended by some blind people, did not offer the voice guide screen reader feature in New Zealand. It was an extraordinary thing to me that other English-speaking countries, including our neighbours across the ditch in Australia, had voice guide on Samsung TVs. But the moment you set your region to New Zealand, voice guide disappeared. So it wasn't in contention in 2017. Looking to upgrade, we'd become familiar with the Sony TV, although it had become less accessible over time. Things like the Netflix app, which worked well in the 2017 demo, have stopped working some time ago with app updates. But all we really wanted to do was be able to watch terrestrial TV and record it and navigate an accessible program guide, hand over to our Apple TV for everything else, and get this Dolby Atmos working. So, since we were familiar, we went with the incremental upgrade and we bought a newer version of the Sony TV that advertised that it would do what we needed. We purchased the Sonos Arc, it arrived, we set it all up, and I got one heck of a shock. Because when we tried to set the eARC port to auto, which would mean that we would get Dolby Atmos from our Apple TV, it turns out that there is a weird limitation 
in the current version of the Sony firmware on that eARC-capable TV that says, if you want to turn eARC to auto, you have to turn the screen reader off. In other words, you make it unusable by a blind person. It is a very strange limitation, and my heart sank because we'd spent all this money on a TV specifically for eARC, and now we weren't going to be able to access it. I contacted Sony. I did get a call back eventually from Sony engineers, and they are making sympathetic noises, but I can't take the risk. And luckily, the store, even though we were past our 14-day right of return period, were willing to work with us and help find a new TV that would allow us to enable the eARC port and have an accessible experience. And it turns out that since I last really looked at this in 2017, Samsung Voice Guide has come to New Zealand. And so earlier this week, we took the Sony TV after boxing it up back to the store, paid a bit more and went home with the new Samsung TU8500 TV. Now, this is not their absolute top of the line TV. There is a whole queue series of TVs that do even more, but this does what we need it to do. I have to say, the fact that Sony had this limitation is the best thing that happens to us because we have got such a great accessible experience, vastly superior to what we had with our Sony TV since 2017. Before I show you this TV, and the various ways that you can interact with it and the things that you can do with it, let me give you one really big caveat. I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I want these things all to be in one place because I know that this podcast will be referred to by people who might be interested in this subject, and I don't want you to miss out on any important facts. So for regular podcast listeners, forgive me for repeating myself. What I have found is that while we are rocking the Dolby Atmos, and while it sounds absolutely stunning, and I have now been able to hear the Abbey Road mix in Dolby Atmos, which was wonderful, I have found that when you enable audio descriptions for movies or TV shows that are encoded in Atmos, everything I have found so far on multiple services, including Apple and Netflix, has the audio described soundtrack encoded in 5.1, not Atmos. What that means is, at the moment, blind people are being forced to make a choice. Enjoy the full sonic glory of Dolby Atmos without audio description, or have a slightly inferior experience. I mean, it's still 5.1 surround, it still sounds fantastic, but you won't get all the overhead effects of Dolby Atmos if you want audio description. It is ridiculous to me that blind people who will really appreciate the brilliance of Atmos have to make that kind of trade-off. And once I get some clarity around where this is coming from, I do intend to start some advocacy. And if you feel the same way I do about it, I hope that you'll join me. So you may decide that it's not worth upgrading to a new TV if you have a good one that you like right now and it's accessible just for the Atmos. Because as a blind person, unfortunately, you're going to have to make some compromises. That said, if you are in the market for a new TV anyway, I've got to say this is a fantastic TV. So with that introduction, I'm going to go upstairs now with the Zoom F6 and we'll give you a really comprehensive demo of this Samsung TV 
brand new off the ranks from its 2020 range. I'm settled back in the recliner here in the living room for a nice long demonstration, and I have the Samsung Smart Remote with me. This is a very small device by comparison with a lot of TV remotes that I've seen. And the first thing that you may notice about it is there's no traditional number pad. You don't find a dot on the five because there is no five. There's no number pad. Let me take you through an orientation of the remote before we switch this TV on. And I have to say the remote control is just one way that you can interact with this TV. One of the things that's quite remarkable is the number of accessible ways you can work with this device. At the very top left of the Samsung Smart Remote is the power button. And it's where you would expect to find it on a TV remote. So you shouldn't have any difficulty getting it up and running. Below that, you have a series of three buttons that are quite well spaced out. On the left-hand side, you have what's known as the 1-2-3 button. And when you press this, a numerical keypad pops up on screen. You can then left and right arrow through the numbers and press select to press the number that you want. And then there is a done button when you're done. That sounds tedious and I guess to some degree it is. But there are so many other ways that you can change channels on this TV that I don't think it's going to bother you much. And we'll cover that in this review. The next button on the same row is the voice button. You can use either Alexa or Samsung's own Bixby with this TV. And I've got it set up to use Alexa because it's what we're familiar with. We're very much an Alexa household. So that's working very well for us as I will demonstrate later. Next to that on the right hand side of the remote is the ambient button. And this turns your boring old black screen into some interesting things. You can add photos and essentially make it a really nice background when people are looking at the TV something that is a totally blind guy I have not played with at all. Underneath that row of three buttons, you have your traditional select pad with an up, down, left and right. They're not that clearly defined, but I have found it all very easy to work with. You have the select button in the middle. Under that navigation control, which is a really good landmark, you have another series of three buttons spaced out similarly to the one above the navigation control. The leftmost of those buttons is a back button, and that takes you back through steps that you've taken, retracing your steps, essentially. But you can hold down that back button to exit any app that you are in. This is a smart TV, of course, so we are thinking in terms of apps. In the middle of those three buttons is the smart hub button, and that's the heart of everything. It's kind of like the start menu key on Windows. You press that to get to a range of apps and items that you can select from. On the right of that is the play pause button. You can also use that while watching terrestrial TV for time shift recording. You can connect a USB drive to this. I've got a Western digital drive connected, and my passport, and it's a two terabyte drive, and that does allow you to record and play content from live TV. It is encrypted, which means that you can only play back things that you record on this TV on this TV. And even if your Samsung TV breaks and you get another Samsung TV, then you won't even be able to play content that was recorded on your old Samsung TV. Normally, when you're outside of terrestrial TV, it just performs the standard play pause function. Underneath that, you have some very distinct tactile buttons. They are large and they stick out of the remote more than all the other buttons, which are round and not recessed, but not particularly prominent either. 
And these buttons are interesting because they press and they rock. The left one is for volume up and down. If you tap the button so it presses in, you will mute your audio. But what's also very important for us to know is that if you hold that button in for a few seconds, you get the accessibility menu. And of course, we'll take an extensive look at the accessibility features of this TV. The right hand button, the big rocker presser button, is for channel up and down. And if you press that button, you will get the program guide if you're watching terrestrial TV. Underneath those prominent buttons, there are just three more buttons on the remote. The left button gives you Netflix. The middle button gives you Amazon Prime. And the right one gives you the web browser. I would personally not want to serve the web with this TV, but it does appear to be accessible, and you may well want to do it if you choose to connect a keyboard to this. You can actually connect either a USB or a Bluetooth keyboard. So there are several USB ports, there are three HDMI ports, and it will take a USB keyboard. When you connect any kind of keyboard that has function keys and page up and page down, you can navigate the TV quite easily. Obviously, typing in details like credentials is easy, but there are also hotkeys for selecting your channel and for going to different parts of the TV. And that's all there is to it. It is a very minimalist remote. When we got this TV home, I'm always curious about whether I could have set this up as a blind person myself. My daughter Heidi and son-in-law Henry were here with me because Henry was kind enough to assist me to get the previous TV back to the store and get the new one home. So they also hung around to help set up. But I found that I could actually have probably completed the setup on my own. And that is quite rare with a smart TV. You do that by plugging it in. And obviously, if you have some sort of digital terrestrial television system that you want to use, you will connect the antenna and then you power it on. You can then hold down the leftmost of those two presser rocker controls that I told you about for volume. Hold it down for a few seconds. You get the accessibility menu. You can then turn Samsung's voice guide feature on at that point right during setup. A lot of the setup is very automated. It detected New Zealand's digital terrestrial platform and it tuned in all the channels and it detected devices that were connected to the HDMI ports and configured the smart remote accordingly. Not without mistakes though. So we've got the Xbox working really well with this Samsung TV but it detected the Apple TV, which is plugged into one of the HDMI ports, as a set-top box for Sky, which is a pay TV service in New Zealand. I'm sure there's a way to fix that. At the moment, I haven't gotten round to trying, but what it means is that you can't, at the moment, use the smart remote to control the Apple TV. It's not a huge deal. We're just using the regular Apple TV remote when we are using the Apple TV, but we should be able to fix that. And that means that you can curl up on the couch with this one remote and control all of the devices that are connected to the TV. So it's time to power it on. I have the Zoom F6, the recorder I'm using to produce this, connected to my Sonos port. And the Sonos port is grouped with the Sonos Arc, and that's where the Samsung TV sound is coming from. So I'm going to power the TV on, and then I'm going to mute the Sonos Arc, so you have nice clean audio coming from the Samsung TV for the duration of this review. I'll press the power button. TV. Well and now I'll just mute terrestrial channel one. the Sonos Document Arc. Web. Document web. 
Here we go. So now we just have audio coming through cooking, into the Zoom F6, which should make it easier for you. I'm going to try and get rid of the terrestrial TV now so that uh, it's not too distracting. So I'll press the Smart Hub button. Smart Hub, three items home. We'll go right. Sky New Zealand. And that's the Apple TV that it's calling Sky New Zealand. So we'll go there. HDMI One Sky New Zealand. We've got a bit of peace and quiet, so I can talk about this. That is the speech in the Samsung TV, and it is not the best speech, but surprisingly, you can get used to anything. This is not Android TV. This is Samsung's own operating system. So if it were Android TV, you would be able to go into the Google Play Store and download any number of text-to-speech engines. That's not an option in this case. You can adjust the speed and the pitch of the voice, but I've decided to leave it at its defaults for the purposes of this demonstration. First, I want to show you the accessibility menu that you can get to very easily. So I'm going to hold down that left presser rocker bar. I guess you call it a multi-function button. I'm holding it down. Unmute. Accessibility shortcuts, 19 items, voice guide. Now I'm on. going to mute the Sonos again. Unmute. There we go, I've muted the arc. Now we are in the accessibility menu. You'll remember that if you just tap that button, then it will unmute audio. If you hold it down, then you get to accessibility settings. I guess to be on the safe side, it is unmuting because it wants to talk to us. Now, the first option is to toggle voice guide on and off. This is Samsung's screen reader. We don't want to toggle it off. So we'll use the down navigation part of this. Picture off off. Some of these are for people with some vision. Others relate to hearing as you'll hear. Audio description on disabled. Audio description is disabled at the moment because we're not on terrestrial TV. The audio description feature only applies to terrestrial TV. If you want audio description on other platforms, then you'll need to toggle those in your respective app. I'll down arrow. Subtitle off disabled. Here we have subtitle options again pertaining to terrestrial TV. Subtitle mode normal disabled subtitle language preferred disabled primary subtitle language english secondary subtitle language english high contrast off enlarge off grayscale off color inversion off so there are some very handy features for low vision users here including grayscale and color inversion Learn TV remote. This is one cool feature. You'll be familiar, I'm sure, with getting a new TV or even sometimes you go to a hotel and you want to watch TV at your hotel room and you have to come to grips with your remote. And actually, many TV remotes have a lot more buttons than this thing does. This is a key describer type feature that we've become accustomed to in screen readers for most platforms, but I have not seen it on a remote control before. So we'll go in here. Loading. Press a button on the remote control to hear voice information on it. Press the return button twice consecutively to return to the previous screen. If you press the power button, the TV turns off. With the frame, 
Art mode is activated when the power button is pressed. As long as you know enough to know that you hold down that left multifunction button to get into the accessibility menu, then you can down arrow to learn TV remote and learn the remote. For example, if I press this button directly above the up arrow key. Voice interaction. Press and hold to activate. The TV will say speak now. Say the command and release the button. So good description. And now if I press the play pause button. Play pause. That's all it says. If I press the right hand multifunction button. Guide. And now if I rock it down. Move downwards to decrease the channel number. And up. Move upwards to increase the channel number. So you can learn the remote. And to get out of this mode, we press the return or back button twice. Accessibility guidance to items. Learn TV remote. And it puts us back in the menu where we left off. What's even more remarkable is that there's more help available. So I'll down arrow. 9. Menu learning screen. Learn the menus on the TV screen. Once enabled, your TV will tell you the structure and features of the menus you select. I'll press select to get into this mode. Loading. Menu learning screen, 10 items. Using the remote control you can see the description of the buttons on the Samsung Smart Remote. Now down arrow. Using the accessibility menu, view how to running the accessibility menu functions and description of its functions. Using the TV with voice guide on, turn on voice guide that describes the menu options allowed to aid the visually impaired. Using the guide see an overview of each channel's program lineup. That tells you how to use the guide and it's fantastic because you can navigate the entire program guide and I'll demonstrate this shortly. And you can also turn time shifting on if you have one of those drives connected that I mentioned earlier. So that means that if somebody calls you while you're watching a program, if you've got time shifting on, you can pause live TV, tend to your phone call, come back and then resume where you left off, even though you are watching live TV. And the beauty of that is that once you've got a bit of a buffer there, if you get to the ads and you want to skip the ads, then you can do that and eventually, if necessary, catch up to real time again. Using schedule viewing configure the TV to show a specific channel or program at a specific time and date. One of the smarts of this smart TV is that you can navigate through the guide, say, yes, I want to watch that, set up scheduled viewing, and the TV will switch on and play at a given time. Using the channel list C, how to list the channels available on your TV. Recording recording a program to an external hard drive connected via USB. Using Smart Hub learn how to open Smart Hub to access apps, games, movies and more. Launching the e-manual open the user manual embedded in your TV. Using Bixby a guide to using Bixby to control your TV. There might be a bit of interest in Bixby because if you've not used a Samsung product before, you might not know much about Bixby. Often we do see that the first levels of these sorts of menus are accessible. But then when you try to read the documentation, you find that you can't because it's graphical or the screen reader on a TV just isn't speaking correctly. That is not the case. And actually, before I got this TV, 
because I'm the kind of nerd who reads documentation, I downloaded the e-manual from Samsung's website. And as is typical of manuals like this, it was quite difficult to follow because every time they referred to a control, there was a symbol, a graphical symbol that they displayed in the documentation, which a screen reader couldn't read. The really remarkable thing is that every page of this e-manual is accessible, it speaks, and rather than showing a symbol, well, maybe it is showing a symbol, but the Samsung TV knows what that symbol is. Let's go in and have a look at the next level and find out about Bixby. So I'll just press select. A guide to using Bixby to control your TV. To use Bixby, your TV must be connected to the internet and you must use the microphone on your Samsung smart remote. To use Bixby, press and hold the button on the Samsung smart remote. Say a command into the microphone on the remote, and then release the button to run Bixby. The existing functional specifications may be changed, if Bixby is updated. Running Bixby. Press and hold the button on the Samsung Smart Remote. Bixby is activated in the listening mode. The Bixby icon appears at the bottom of the TV screen. Say a command, and then release the button. The TV provides feedback on how it understands the command, and then performs the commanded task. If the TV does not understand the command, Try again with more precise pronunciation. This function may not be supported depending on the model or geographical area. The supported language may differ depending on the geographical area. You can find a detailed description of the voice commands at Explore Bixby. Press the button. The Explore Now button appears at the bottom of the screen. Press the select button to go to the Explore Bixby screen. That's a remarkable level of detail. And I didn't have to scroll. There was nothing that I had to do. It was all just accessible. So well done to Samsung for getting this right. Just with the knowledge of pressing and holding that left multifunction button, you can teach yourself how to use this TV. And I've just become familiar with it by doing exactly that, just going through and reading all the screens in the e-manual. Really amazing experience. But we're going to get out of here now, and I'll exit the e-manual by holding down the return button. Nine. Accessibility. 13 items. 9. Menu learning screen. Learn the menus on the TV screen. Let's Once hold down that button again. TV will tell you the Smart Hub. Three items home. Now we're back on the Smart Hub screen. Let's explore some of these things. I'll go right. You, you're sort of in the middle of the long list of items here in Smart Hub. You can add things to Smart Hub. These are the things that you're likely to access more often. And so as you become familiar with the TV, you will probably add and remove things here. Sky New Zealand. Live TV Terrestrial. Let's go there. So I'll press select to activate live TV terrestrial. Done. DTV terrestrial. Document web. Document web. Now there's audio ducking going on and you can actually configure that in the voice guide settings. 
you can determine how oh, much. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. You have been caught. Oh. And for you, the chase is over. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> what, what are the likelihood of somebody on the TV saying my Tom name while I'm trying to do a review? Anyway, you can determine how much there is ducking of the audio when the voice speaks. So I'm going to hold down the channel button to get into the guide, which is what I'd like to show you here. Program guide, filter by, all on now. DTV Terrestrial, 1, TVNZ1, The Chase, 11 to 12. G, it's game on as teams of complete strangers work together to win money and try and defeat the chaser. A ruthless quiz genius, who wants to leave them with nothing. That is the description of what we're watching now. So you immediately hear what's on if you're curious about that. If I want to stay on the same channel and see what's next on channel one, I'll press the right arrow key. One news at midday. One TVNZ one 12 to 1230. Join the one news team as they bring you the latest news, sports and weather. If you press select when you are viewing a show that is already in progress, it will immediately take you to that show. So it's a great way to browse the guide and find out what is on and just switch to that channel. But if we move forward to a show that hasn't started yet and we press select. Face the truth three items schedule viewing. So first is scheduled viewing. If we activate this, the TV will turn on at the correct time. Or if the TV is already on, it will switch channels and we'll be able to watch the show. If I down arrow, schedule recording, we can set a recording of this show and you can record just this episode or you can record the entire series. View details. And then you can view details, which we've already seen in the schedule. That's how the guide works. I'll just go back. Face the truth. Three, three, twelve, forty-five. Smart hub. Three items. All right, I've gone home. back too far. So now though, I'm back in the main Smart Hub screen. What if I want to change channels? Well, as I mentioned before, there is this button that you can press that gives you a virtual keyboard on the screen, and you can arrow around that if you want to. But this is probably a good chance for us to introduce Alexa support. So I'm going to hold down the button. You have to hold this button down. And the first time that you do this when you've powered the TV on, sometimes I found you do get a bit of extraneous speech. So just be aware of that. I'll hold down the button. Symbol. Channel True 31. Star overlay application. Document web. 31. And that's all you have to do. Selection. Say the channel number. And now we've flicked to Parliament TV. Parliament is not sitting at the moment. So we have this lovely music playing. If I want to go to another channel, I can just say channel 8. Section. Now we're on channel 8. There are lots you can do. This is a standard Alexa device, and so you can give it most commands. So I can say things like, what's the weather forecast today? Right now in Grenada Village, it's 12 degrees Celsius with cloudy skies. Today's forecast has rainy weather, with a high of 13 degrees and a low of 9 degrees. I can also say, open Netflix. Getting Netflix from Samsung. And just to confirm that we... On the profile selection screen. Who's watching Netflix? Bonnie. Two of five buttons. 
Bonnie was the last person to be using the uh, TV with Netflix, and so her profile is highlighted. We'll have a look at the Netflix app now. I'll just left arrow. Jonathan. One of five buttons. <laughs> That's its attempt at saying my name. So we've got five profile options, and we left and right arrow between them. That is all perfectly accessible. I'll press select. Browse screen. In the spotlight row. One title in this row. Formula One. Drive to survive. For elite teams eager to dominate racing's premier competition, confidence is all and fear can be fatal. Play. I really now I'm going to left arrow. In the search and menu navigation. Now we can up and down arrow. Latest. Four of nine buttons. Browse new and future releases. You're getting these kind of tool tips that are going on here where it is giving you additional information to help you understand what it is that you're looking at. So down arrow. TV shows. Five of nine buttons. Browse all series. Let's go up back to latest. Latest. Four of nine buttons. And if I write arrow, new and future releases. you'll see that even without having to select the item, we get a lot of information about the content. On the browse screen, in the spotlight row, one title in this row, Formula One, in the search and menu navigation, latest, four of nine buttons, browse new and future releases. I'll press select to activate latest. On the browse screen. In the new on Netflix row. 64 titles in this row. History 101. Watch season one now. Quick hits of history answer. Humanity's biggest questions. How did we get here? And where are we going next? 97% match. 2020 rated 13 plus one season high definition no audio description so if there is audio description it should tell us that and it also tells us if the audio is dolby atmos and of course if you've got audio description and dolby atmos you're going to have to make your choice as i mentioned earlier we'll just continue to browse here lennox hill Special episode coming June the 24th. Birth. Brain surgery. The business of healthcare. These doctors are the very best. But excellence can take its toll. 97% match. 2020. Rated. 16 plus. One season. HDR. Dolby Atmos. And there we go. We've got Dolby Atmos with this one. If I wanted to watch that, I can select it. On the details screen for Lennox Hill. Play Season 1. Episode 1. One of six buttons. If I right arrow, I can get additional information about the genre and various other things. But if I down arrow... Episodes and more. Two of six buttons. And keep going with down arrow. More like this. Three of audio and subtitles. Four of six buttons. Add to my list. Five of six buttons. 
Rate this title. Six of six buttons. Select to rate this thumbs up. Navigate right for thumbs down. As you can hear, this is a very accessible Netflix experience. And having become used to it, I must say I now prefer browsing Netflix on the Samsung TV than I do on the Apple TV. And it doesn't stop there. So let's use the voice assistant to go somewhere else so we can say, open Amazon Prime. Getting Prime video from Samsung. Amazon Prime video loading. Loading. Main menu. Home. Two of eight. Use left and right to find an item. Press select to choose. Tap down to browse titles. The interfaces of some of these apps vary, and I suppose that's fair enough because these are just computer apps essentially running on a TV. And so, depending on who's designed them, you may find some variation in user interface. This Prime app appears to have some smart hints enabled. We can left and right arrow. It tells us we can do that. Main menu. Search. One of eight. Right arrow. Main menu. Home. Main menu. Originals. Three. Main menu. Movies. Main menu. TV. Main menu. Kids. Main menu. My stuff. Seven of eight. And finally, main menu, settings, eight of eight. Let's go back to originals. Main menu, TV, main menu, movies, main menu, originals. And what does it say to do? Three of eight. It doesn't. So we'll try selecting that. Loading. It is taking some time, and it's possible that it has loaded and we're just not getting any speech. So let's arrow around and see what we can find. Banner advert. Tap down to browse lists or up to return to the menu. Included with Prime. Kids TV to watch while abroad. Pete the Cat. A very groovy Valentine's Day. Included with Prime. Age rating. All. Captions. Audio descriptions available. For Valentine's Day, Pete the Cat decides to give the gift of music, a song with a lyric for each of his pals. But there's a new friend in his class and Pete doesn't know what to write for her. Sally Squirrel loves Valentine's, but is devastated to find that her Valentine's mailbox is empty. Can Pete find a way to write about his new friend and will Sally be anyone's Valentine? Use left and right to find an item. Press select to choose. Use up and down to browse lists. Well, that one does have audio description. Young love, eh? Oh, dear. Glad, I, glad I'm long past that. Let's uh, try that. Loading. Pete the Cat. A very groovy Valentine's Day. Episode 1 Watch Now. Button. Season 1011042012022 included with Prime. Age rating. All. Captions. For Valentine's Day, Pete the Cat decides right, to give me that give description again. I'm going to select it. A song. 
Loading. Playing. <laughs> we better stop that before we get into all sorts of issues with the podcast. But um, video menu, play. Let's button. just see what's on this menu press now. Press up for options, right to fast forward or left to rewind. I'll press up for options as instructed. Video menu, X-ray button. Press up for options, down okay. for options menu, subtitles button. Navigation not possible. Navigation not possible. It's right arrow then. Options menu. Audio and languages. Button. Press left and right we'll to find that. an item. Audio and languages menu. Audio language. English. Button. We need to have audio description on, so I'll select that. Language menu. English. Button. Selected. One of two. Press up and down to find an item. Press select to choose. We'll go Back down. or return. Language menu. English audio description. There we go. Button. We'll select two. it. Language menu. English audio description. And it Button. should now remember Selected. that setting in the future. Two. Of. Two. Can press I press? Press up and down to find an item. Play pause press from here. Press select to choose. Back or return to exit language selector. No, so I'll push the return button to go back. Loading. Playing. Okay, now we've got the audio description. Pete rides a bike. Yeah. He surfs. Video menu. Play. Button. So now we have... Press up for options, right to fast forward or left to rewind. We have audio description enabled now on Prime, and it will stay enabled. Here's an unexpected pleasure on this TV. We can say, open Apple TV. Getting Home. Apple TV from Samsung. Apple TV loading. So this is an app, actually. This is an app that's on the Samsung device. Loading. I have signed in. Selected. Watch now. Tab. One of five. I've signed in with my Apple ID, and you'll note that if you have an Apple TV, this is quite a similar experience. So I don't know whether we up or down or left or right. Sometimes you just have to experiment to work that out. Movies. Tab. Okay, I'm right arrow. Two of five. Library. Tab. Three of five. And we'll look at the other two items. Search. Tab. Four of five. Of course, you can use a virtual keyboard using the remote control. And as I mentioned earlier, there are ways of connecting a keyboard to this, either with Bluetooth or USB. And whenever you're in an edit field, you can dictate text into the edit field. That's obviously not going to be appropriate when you're doing something like a password. And I'm not even sure if it's possible in that situation. But for dictating search text, it does work well. Settings, tab, five we'll go back of to library. five. Library, tab, three of five. And press select. S selected, selected, recent purchases, button, 
One of twelve. Movies. Button. Two of twelve. This is my library. Family sharing. Genre. Comedy. Concert films. Documentary. Drama. Kids and family. Music feature films. Musicals. Bohemian Rhapsody. One of twenty-one. That's, I think, the last thing we bought from Apple, actually, is Bohemian Rhapsody. So we'll select that. Loading. Stop that. Selected. Subtitles. Tab. One of two. Now that I've paused it. Selected. Off. Button. So subtitles are off. One of 40. Selected. Subtitle. Audio. And then there's audio. Tab. Now, two of two. this is an example where you've got to make some tough calls because Bohemian Rhapsody is encoded in Dolby Atmos, which is one of the things that I've been watching since we got the whole Atmos thing sorted out. And it is pretty immersive and it's amazing. And fortunately, I have seen the movie with audio description, but to play the Atmos, we had to turn the audio description off, which is a really unfortunate state of affairs. So that's the way this works. You can browse your iTunes content in terms of iTunes movies. You, I believe, can rent content from here as well. You can certainly look at Apple TV Plus titles as well. And we got an Apple TV Plus subscription free with the iPhone last year. So we can do that as well. So this is a very accessible experience as well. YouTube is similarly accessible. In terms of how you sign into these things, it does vary a bit from service to service. Disney Plus also appears to be pretty accessible. To sign into that, it seems that the only way at the moment is for you to enter your username and password. With YouTube and Apple TV and Prime as well, they have a code system where they tell you to go to a web page and enter a code that's on your screen and you can sign in that way. And that process is accessible. You can repeat the code as often as you need to get signed in to the service. For my New Zealand followers, not surprisingly, not particularly good news for us with local content, TVNZ On Demand and the Freeview On Demand apps are not accessible. The Sky Sports one does appear to be accessible, but I don't think that my subscription for Sky Sports allows me to sign in on the TV, but that one is looking in pretty good shape. You can go to the App Store, and I will show that. I'm going to go back to Smart Hub. Smart Hub, three items home. And go left. Ambient mode, select ambient mode to experience beautiful designs useful information, and more. Apps. If we go here, we get into a kind of an app store situation where you can see all the apps that you've downloaded, but you can also browse for apps. So I'll go in there and show you what this is like. Apps loading. Apps editors choice category 20. Items Steam link voice guide is not available for all apps. It makes it clear right away that not all of these apps will work with Voice Guide, which is pretty cool because when you go into the Google Play Store or the App Store, you don't get a warning about that. But it is, of course, true that some developers just don't design their apps to comply with accessibility guidelines. That's the case on these Samsung TVs like it is anywhere else. Set IPTV. Ian. 
TVNZ On Demand installed. Z5 Movies, Shows, Live TV Latest Originals. It's nice that as you arrow through here, you're told if you already have the app, you're told that it's installed. Disney Plus installed. Megogo. Stopped. No noise there. Watch it. See colors. Shared. Digital concert hall. That sounds interesting. What does it do? We'll press select. Loading. Digital concert hall video for stars. Check the app permissions by selecting more in the information area. By selecting install, you agree to grant those permissions to this app install button rated. All ages price. Free size. 21.96 megabytes available to 03GB and hash X200E developer. Alina Philharmonica and hash X200E updated. 42069 languages. English in the Berlin Philharmonica's digital concert hall. You always have the best seat in the house 24 hours a day. Each season, more than 40 concerts are broadcast live, which can also later be viewed in the concert archive. The archive already contains hundreds of recordings with all the great artists of classical music. There are also exciting documentaries and bonus films. Try the digital concert hall now. Register without obligation and get seven days access to all concerts free of charge. The digital concert hall at a glance. The great conductors and soloists of our time more than 40 live broadcasts in high definition every season hundreds of archive concerts covering five decades free interviews and concert introductions exciting documentaries and artist portraits free education program concerts for the whole family. That actually sounds really interesting. Install button. There's an install button, and that's all there is. If I choose the install button, then it will install the app, and I may well have a look at that later. So that's the App Store. You can also view all the apps that you have downloaded already in a downloads category. Smart Hub, three items home. Back on the Smart Hub screen. Ambient mode, select apps. Search. Source. With Smart Hub, you can arrange items on the grid here that you want to use most frequently. But if we go into the full options, there are some things that are worthy of note here. TV. Sky New Zealand. That's the Apple TV, which it thinks is a Sky Box. I will get around to trying to work out why that is. And by the way, if I need Samsung's help to do that, there is a remote assistance feature. So you can give Samsung a call or I presume raise somebody using live chat, tell them that you want some assistance with remote assistance, and they can remote into your TV and set something up for you, which is something I may well do in the case of trying to get this thing to know that it's an Apple TV that I have connected and not a set-top box. Sonos Arc. This is the Sonos Arc, which we don't need to play with in the context of the TV. Xbox One. Here's our Xbox, and we did have to download an app for Dolby Atmos support, but the app is free on the Xbox, and now we are playing Blu-ray discs in Dolby Atmos. I have been able to enjoy the Abbey Road soundtrack, as I mentioned. 
pretty phenomenal stuff. I wish they'd go back and do Sergeant Pepper that way. I would love to hear being for the benefit of Mr. Kite and Dolby Atmos. AV. I presume this is where you can connect something to the TV for, say, running a presentation. You, you could connect a computer, I imagine, uh, via uh, an HDMI cable. This device is also AirPlay compatible. So if you're in the Apple ecosystem, there are some real advantages of this. It means that you can very easily send something wirelessly from your phone to the TV. It could be audio or it could be video. You can even mirror your screen of the iPhone. And that's great if you want to make, say, a FaceTime call with someone, with a family member, and you want the whole family to be a part of that. You can have your family member on the big screen with FaceTime and, for that matter, a number of other services as well. Very handy to have that AirPlay, but there is not HomeKit support. Unlike the Sony TV that I demonstrated in episode 36, this TV does not support HomeKit. That's because Samsung has its own home automation ecosystem called SmartThings, which we'll have a look at in a little bit. But also, of course, because you can use the Alexa voice assistant, you are able to use all the HomeKit technology of that as well. And frankly, that seems to be a much more widely adopted platform than HomeKit anyway. So I don't really feel like I've lost anything, particularly because I can still use HomeKit to turn on the TV and play things via AirPlay using scenes. So it's not a big deal. All right, Arrow. My Passport 259F. This is the drive that I have connected, the Western Digital My Passport drive that stores recordings for the TV and also provides some storage for the time-shifting feature. So we can go in here and we can browse the drive and also delete recordings if we need to. Mosin Cloud. This is Mosin Cloud. Now, this is my Synology network-attached storage drive. It's coming up here because the Synology device that I have displays itself as a DNA server, kind of a media server. And when I go in here, I'm able to browse my music and videos and select from them and play them on the TV. That was an unexpected surprise. It is really cool to have all our own stuff so accessible on the Samsung TV. That said, Synology also has some really great apps and it's easy to airplay content to the TV as well. So our cup runneth over. Remote access. Now, I'm not sure what the use case is for this, but nevertheless, it gets cool creds. This TV supports the Windows Remote Desktop Protocol and it supports, I believe, some other remote access protocols as well. What it means is that if you so choose, especially, I guess, if you have a keyboard connected to this, you could remote into a machine that is set up for Windows Remote Desktop. And I presume if it's running JAWS, especially, which has great remote desktop support, you could actually use your TV to perform functions on a computer that is either somewhere else in the house or half a world away. This is something I have not yet played with, but I can imagine that if you've got a good USB or Bluetooth keyboard connected, you could have all sorts of fun with this. Connection guide. Here's a connection guide, which I have not looked at yet, but if it's anything like the rest of the documentation, I do expect it to be accessible and it'll make interesting reading. Universal remote. And again, this acts as a universal remote, and so it might be here that I find my answer about how I get this thing to understand that what it thinks is a skybox is an Apple TV. 
We'll get back to Smart Hub. Smart Hub, three items, ambient, apps, search, source, settings. We'll take a quick look at the settings. If I go up. Quick settings, 11 items, e-manual. We've got the quick settings. These are the things that Samsung thinks you're most likely to adjust most often. So now I can write error. Picture mode standard item two of four. Sound mode standard disabled. Sound output receiver HDMI arc item two of three. And that's the all important HDMI arc. Game mode off disabled. Subtitle off item one of four. Audio language English HEAACV.1 2.0. Disable. Sleep timer off item 1 of 5. It does have a sleep timer. Network connected. Of course, a TV like this has got to be connected to the internet. And it does seem for automation purposes that there are benefits in connecting to the Wi-Fi rather than hardwiring the TV into your wired Ethernet, even though there is an Ethernet port if you want to use that. Device care. All settings. And then you can go into all settings, and we'll just have a quick look. If I showed you all the settings on this thing, we would be here for a very long time, but we'll have a look at the broad categories. Menu, six items, one, picture. You can do some very innovative things with this, a picture and picture mode. So if you have your smartphone connected to your TV, and let's say you're looking ahead later in the year to election debates. We'll have election debates here in New Zealand. There will be election debates in the United States as well. So if you were cited, you might have a situation where the majority of your screen has the debate taking place, but you have a part of your screen which is showing you a particular Twitter hashtag. You have to have some vision to do this because I don't think Voice Guide is going to cope with that and it would be a bit distracting with that speech anyway. But the idea is you have a kind of a ticker, a little window of the screen where your social media could be going by while you watch the debate all on the one screen. Two, sound. Three, broadcasting, disabled. Four, general. Five, support. Six, terms and privacy. And there are many subcategories under each of those, but it's quite logically organized into picture, sound, and general. And if you, for some reason, don't want to hold down that multifunction button to get into the accessibility settings, you will find accessibility under general. So you'd go into general and then choose accessibility. And there's plenty of things that you can tweak. If you're kind of a settings geek like me, you'll be having fun with this because you can tweak to your heart's content. And as you can hear, it is really very accessible. We'll go back to the Smart Hub now. Smart Hub, three items home. Now, it takes a bit of configuring and a bit of setting up, but you can also control your Samsung TV with an Amazon Echo device. The way to do this is to set it up using Samsung's SmartThings. SmartThings is the home automation platform. There is an app for SmartThings. And when you download your Samsung SmartThings app for the platform that you want to use, if you've never used SmartThings before or you don't have a Samsung device, you are going to have to register and get a Samsung account, kind of like an Apple ID or a Google ID. Pretty standard stuff. When you've done that, you can log in and you will then be able to add 
your TV and any other Samsung devices or even SmartThings compatible devices that you have. Well, have a look at the iOS app. It's mostly accessible. But the thing that really interests me about this is that you can then add the SmartThings Alexa skill. And when you have all this set up, and it took us a bit of hit and miss, maybe because I didn't know what I was doing, but when it is set up, it is really slick. And we can now control the TV from any echo in our house. I think there are some pretty cool use cases for this, given that we are blind. For example, even though the TV, which is a 55-inch TV, by the way, this particular one, but uh, the, the TVs come in a very wide range of shapes and sizes, it's in our living room. But we can, on a winter's night, as it is at the moment, go to bed early, and there is a Sonos device, a Play 5, in fact, in our master bedroom. We also have an Echo in the bedroom. So we can turn the TV on, set the channel, and adjust the volume all from a room that the TV is not in. And because we don't need to see the screen, well, I mean, it's ideal. What I'm going to do now is I have a device here in the living room that I have set to the wake word Amazon, which hopefully will upset fewer people than the usual wake word. But I will also just try and edit the wake word so that it doesn't trip anything that is set to that wake word. Right? Right. So the first thing we'll do is turn the thing off turn off the living room TV and there it is the TV has now been switched off we can do the opposite of course we can say turn on the living room TV okay DTV terrestrial channel 8 3 plus 1 Infomercials, 11.05-12.45. And because the TV has been switched on again, the Sonos has unmuted itself, and we're back on terrestrial TV. So, we can now say, change living room TV to HDMI 1. Second tube, absolutely free. That's right, buy one, get one free. But your HDMI 3, Xbox One. Okay, so what it did there was it actually went to HDMI 3, which is Xbox One. So that's interesting. I just have to be mindful of what I call these things. I think because we've set up friendly Check names. device power, Xbox One HDMI 3. Check that the device is connected properly. Yes, okay, it's switched off at the moment. Then try turning on the device by selecting the button below. Power on button. And we can power it on, actually, because it has HDMI SEC enabled, which means that we can power it on from the TV remote. So because we've given this friendly names, we could have said uh, switch to Xbox and it would do that as well. Turn off living room TV. And the living room TV has been switched off. So it's a very cool way to engage. You can understand why you can be pretty relaxed about the fact that there is this virtual number pad on the screen because I must say that's probably the last way I would want to engage with the TV, particularly when there's a voice assistant built right into the remote. So even if you don't have an Echo device, you can still do this. I believe there is a similar SmartThings type skill for Google Assistant devices but we don't have any, so I'm not able to try that or confirm it myself. Let's have a quick look at the SmartThings app on the iPhone. 
open smart things. Smart thing menu button. We've got a menu here if we double tap that. Close menu button. SAR settings button. My home. Rooms button. Devices button. Scenes button. Automations button. Smart apps button. Members button. History button. Messages button. How to use button. Notices button. Contact us button. Contact us. Nice button. and accessible on the menu there. We'll just exit the menu. Close menu button. Menu button. And flick right. Add button. More options button. So you can add a device and there are more options. My home. Living room button. Living room TV off button. And here's Living Room TV, and it's set to off, and there are voiceover hints in this app that tell us to double tap to view more details. Action power on, button. Action power on, button. Right here, it says action power on. So, if I double tap... Action power on. Nothing happens. Action power on, button. We'll go back. Living Room TV, off, button. We'll double, double tap, tap here. Details. Living Room t- in progress. Living room TV. More options. Button. Navigate up. Button. My home. Living room. Button. Call first icon search. Then. Power. Button. Button. There's the power button. We'll try that. Power. Button. And now the TV has come on. MI3 Xbox One. 12.45 Friday 19th June. Smart Hub. Three items home. Luckily it's stuck in the Xbox. So we have some breathing space to demonstrate this. TV control. Control your TV and connected devices. Button. Button. Con- button. 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 Now, I don't know what all these buttons do, but as you can hear, unfortunately, they don't have any text labels. Button. Button. Sources and apps. Select an app or connected device. Ambient mode. Turn your TV into a sheet focal point. Button. And you can go through into the menu here and do most things. You can power the TV on. I think you can set the channels with it in an accessible way. But for operating the TV, there are so many other ways to do it, whether it be with the remote, with your voice, with a USB keyboard, if you choose to go down that route, that really it would be nice to hear what all those unlabeled buttons do. And it would be good to think that Samsung might take care of that at some point. But basic functions work and you can control things in other ways. I'm going to conclude this review the way I started, by switching it off with the remote control, by pressing the power button the top left of the smart remote. And of course, Samsung devices have always made all sorts of groovy noises and play jingles and things like that, and the TV is now switched off. What we've demonstrated is that many apps, including those that are built into the TV, and some third-party apps, just like in other app stores, work very well there is a significant improvement in the degree of things that a blind person can do with this TV compared to the Sony that I demonstrated on this podcast just a few short weeks ago. And I'm particularly impressed with the care that Samsung have taken to ensure that a blind person can learn how to use this, that all of this instructional material is fully accessible, that there's a key describer mode for the remote So you can go in and learn this at your leisure and find out what they do. When I got the Sony TV, I used Ulysses 
and Heidi put together for me a cheat sheet on what is a very busy remote, and I'd have to remind myself occasionally about what button did what. As long as I remember to hold down that multifunction left-hand button to get into the accessibility menu and choose to learn the remote, I can have a refresher any time I want, all built into the TV. If there's one significant criticism, it would be I would love a choice of text-to-speech engines. That speech is a little bit hard going, and even though we've only had it a few days, I have become more used to it. You become used to any speech over time if you absolutely have to, but it does remind me of when my children were learning to read when they were very little and they were reading sort of word by word quite hesitantly. <laughs> it sounds a bit like that. But all that said, this is a really viable smart TV. We're going to use our Apple TV quite a bit less than we used to because the user experience is so good. So this comes highly recommended and I look forward to finding out how Samsung might develop this TV in future. Best of all, We've got the Atmos rockin'. Now we just have to make sure that blind people who benefit from audio description can benefit from Atmos at the same time. That is the Samsung TU8500 TV. Just remember this specific model may not be available in your country, but a similar one from the 2020 range will be. Keep in touch with us. Follow Mosin at Large on Twitter. Visit the website at Mosin, that's M-O-S-E-N dot org. Call our listener line in the United States, 864-60-MOSIN, that's 864-606-6736, or drop me an email, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com. Mosin at Large.